0: Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini.
1: Welcome to It's a Good Life, and I'm so excited for you to hear this second part of the interview I did with Bo Eason. We talked with Bo about his book, There's No Plan B for Your A Game. We talked about him and his brother coming out of this little farm in town near Sacramento, with 725 people and the affirmations of his father about being the best and the declarations he made as a kid to be the best and I want to be the best safety in the world and all the way to the NFL and then ultimately to being a guy who wrote and performed a one-man show on Broadway and had a show that went on for 17 years. But Bo and his organization today do something very, very powerful and I think something crucial for anyone who's in business or anybody who wants to influence people. And that's the ability to be able to tell your own story. So I want to dive in right now. We broke up our interview into two parts because on one hand, you have what declaration for success means, but on the other hand, the ability to tell your own story. And I really feel like they're two separate topics, and I really wanted to separate them. So tell me a little bit about your work you do with people to try to help them communicate their story a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I work, you know, I've I've been doing this for about 12, 13 years you know, when I was performing my play, it's a one-man show, and it was, you know, in New York, right? And then it had a 50-city tour. Well, what what we noticed, Brian, 17 years of doing a one-man show, a play, what we noticed was who was knocking on the stage door at the end of every show was a business owner, was a, some, you know big muckety-muck in New York City or somebody running some fund or a CEO of a company, they would come backstage and they would say this, Mm. will you bring this to our company? And we were like, no. My wife and I, my wife's a producer of the show. We're like, no, this is a theater piece. This belongs in a theater. They're saying, no, My, my employees, my executive team, my leadership team has to learn how to do what you just did on stage. And we're like, what? We had no idea what they were talking about. And this was 1300 performances. So finally we surrendered and said, okay, we'll do it. Because what, what we found out, Brian was they, it wasn't so much the story of the play. It was how the, Mm. the, teller of that story was telling the story of the play. And so every business owner said, I can make more money if my Mm -hmm. team can tell a story like that, can tell the company story like that, can tell their personal story like that. Well, that's when it exploded. So we started getting hired by every company to go in and train their people how to tell their own story, how to tell their own personal story, both physically and verbally. And we do this in a theater. It takes us three days to train them. It's, it's the exact Hmm. same team that trained me for this play that played for 17 years, the run to the litter, same team. So we, that's, we started training them. And so we found out, and then these businesses found out that whether it was financial, whether in the finance world, whether it was uh, real estate people, mm. whether it was doctors, we get a lot of doctors. If they had the ability to share themselves, like tell their own story, they made more money, a lot more money. Isn't that crazy? Like, they No, it
1: makes total sense, right? Right. It, it makes sense to me. It, there's an old phrase that facts tell, stories sell. Yep. Right? Because stories allow people to connect with you emotionally. What would you say? And again, I know this question is they said there's no stupid questions. This is a borderline stupid question. Because I'm gonna ask you to condense a three-day workshop down into a few principles. But if you were helping somebody, just in, in big picture term, to tell their own story, what are the essential elements to help somebody tell their own story?
0: Number one, it's gotta be really personal. It cannot be you mm. cannot be distant from your own story. Yeah. You said something earlier, Brian. Is if you can't stir yourself, you can't stir others. This thing has got to be personal. It's got to mean everything to you. The more it means to you, the more it means to your audience. That's why the greatest movies, the greatest plays, the greatest stories ever told, Brian, are the ones who somebody put that story under their arm and they sprinted through every obstacle and every person trying to stop that story, they're the ones that made it happen. It was so personal to them. So personal equals universal. The more personal your story, Mm. the more effect you have on people. That's number one. Number two, physicality. This is a lost art physicality. Hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. You have to embody, we have to attach solar plexes to the story because we want this story to be walking around 24 hours a day because like look at you you've been on stage enough to know that when you leave that stage you're the same dude who was on that stage because your story you may not even know this there's no fine line between brian and brian's story N- there's no right. distance between you two Yep. So, you're, right. so you're congruent. That makes people trust you. They, they don't trust what comes out of your mouth. That's been proven over and over again. They, they don't trust anybody anymore of what comes out of our mouth. But, Brian, they trust our body 100% of the time. They can't not because the body can't lie. So this physicality and right. storytelling, you got to really surrender to. And think about it. That's powerful. We are all predatory animals. If it, That's what we are. That's what us human beings are. We're predatory animals. Well, let me just ask you this. I make this promise to everybody I work with. Here's my promise. If you do what I say, or more importantly, if you do what I do, people won't have the ability to look away from you. And, I, and they always go, no, people dismiss me all the time. I'm like... Yeah, it's because you're apologizing for being a predatory animal. If I put a predator animal in front of you, a lion, a falcon, a great white shark, you would never look away from them ever. Right. But us human beings, we're so ashamed that we're predatory animals that we apologize for it. And we try and we're ashamed of it. So we try not to be it that's why people can look away so physicality that's number 2 uh, number 3 would be this your mo- you got to think of your personal story as the biggest golden goose you have as far as creating money
1: yes it is.
0: Yep. It, and I tell my clients, I go, look, I know you don't want to tell your own story. And they're like, yeah, Bo, I'm ashamed of my story. It's embarrassing that my dad left our family when I was eight. And I'm like, yeah, yep. that's your gold. Right. That's what made, what do you think makes Michael Jordan great? It's because he got cut from his high school basketball team.
1: Everybody knows it.
0: Right? Everybody knows. Right. It. What made Tom Brady great? Nobody wanted right. him. He, still thinks, Six he rounds. still thinks nobody wants him, right? You yeah. said it. You opened the show by, by using his him as an example. Like, can you let it go, Tom? Yeah, no, right. he cannot. And as soon as he does, Brian, as soon as he lets that go, he's no longer yeah. a predatory animal. He's yeah. go- hey, We can dismiss this yeah.
1: dude. Yeah, no, that's powerful. I know I do, and I, I definitely think it's the golden goose you're talking about. There's no doubt. You know, we do a series of stories. You know, we've been coaching people for twenty-five years. In fact, we have a a guy working for us named Tim Dixon who worked for you for a number of years, and oh yeah, great things to share. About he's you. the best. He's a, a wonderful guy, and he does a great job in our coaching department. So we've been coaching, you know, tens and tens of thousands of people over the years. So we do these good life stories, and we send the camera crew. You know, somebody they were a single mom, and they had two hundred fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt, and they get debt free and become one of the top realtors in the country, and. You know, they're multimillionaires and they, they're huge. They're great people at the same time, right? So we'll, we'll send the camera crew out to document their story so we can share their story to encourage other people. And it is amazing to a person. We've done more than 100 of these. To a person, whoever we interview, the part of their story that is most inspiring, most encouraging, is the part of the story they're embarrassed about. They don't want it told. They're sometimes ashamed of it. They're like, well, you're not going to tell that, are you? And we're very good and respectful in how we go about it. We don't manipulate it. The story's powerful enough. It doesn't need any extra sauce, you know. But the fact of the matter is the heart of the story, the power of the story is the thing that people are always afraid of, embarrassed of, and ashamed of. And again, I think it's a great gift when you give people. It is a golden goose, and it's a golden goose that continues to lay golden eggs because it makes your story and your presentation of that story along with this physicality, undeniable where people are just drawn and attracted to who and what you are. It's beautiful that you're in this space. And I, I also think it's great that you listen to the market because it would be very easy to go, no, I'm a thespian now. Just like, hey, I'm a football player now. And the market drew you in. And when the market says, I find this part really interesting, at some point in time, you need to listen to that stuff if you want to make a few bucks in life or do well. So thankfully, you guys did and you turned it into a great business.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's it's been it's, it's a blast too. Because people they just don't know their own power. You know, they're walking around because the culture's telling them that they're mediocre. And it's just not true. Once you define your story, once you have the ability to physicalize it and tell it, you become you become the owner now of a company, of a business that you get to call the shots. Like you're the leader, you're the mouth, you're the face. You get, to, you get to say whether that business grows today or doesn't grow today based on your willingness right. to share right. yourself.
1: So you can do this as an individual. You can do this as a sole proprietor and you can obviously do this as a corporation and get something beyond this nameless, faceless P&L. It's beyond the brand, right? It's the story is really the key beyond the brand. So really personal, physically biggest golden goose. Is there any other little points you have there on the story?
0: Yeah, I, you, open with it open with the story mm. don't even say anything mm. don't most most speakers mo- they they try to preface everything audiences mm. are done with prefaces like oh wow it's good to be here today thank you wow i feel the energy in the room don't say that don't all the audience is waiting for the goods right now so open mm-hmm. with the story and i call those first Sentences, one true sentence. I just, I come out, I deliver the one true sentence, and that might be something like this. When I was nine years old, I had a dream, so I drew up a 20 year plan. I'm telling you, you say that sentence, that's a simple sentence. When I was nine years old, I had a dream, so I drew up a 20 year plan. The audience is yours for the next 90 minutes because you didn't waste any of their time. You got straight to the heart of the story right now. Hollywood calls that cut to the chase. If you notice any Tom Cruise movie, they don't start in the beginning of the movie. They start in the middle of the movie where Tom Cruise is, mm. you know, hanging from a wire or getting shot down. Right? I mean, they're starting with the action. So you want to start with the action too. The action of the story, not the, not the preface of, Hey, you know, I'm really here to tell you a story. Don't even say that. Just start the movie. Start the story.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny. And, and, and so, you know, I booked hundreds of speakers to our conferences over the years. Hundreds. We used to do, I don't know, 100 events a year. And the number of speakers who were afraid to tell their own story would stagger you. Unbelievable. And part of it was, you know, again, that same embarrassment, or am I valuable, or do I really have a story? It's amazing to me. And then again, the ones that can connect and interact and come out there right off the bat and say, "Yeah, this is who I am, where I am, and where I came from. It's like, boom. Because people are like, great. Because now, yep. now you can, you're telling me something I really can connect with. That's amazing stuff. Let me just shift gears with you a little bit here. This book is a fascinating. I, I read a lot, and I recommend a lot, and we have a great book-reading audience. Yeah, Talk to me a little bit about There's No Plan B for Your A Game. Why was that the book you had to write?
0: Well, it's just options. You know, everyone talks about, oh, I want my kids to have a lot of options, like where Mm -hmm. they can go to school or, you know, they can play on this team or that team, or they can be on this choir or that choir. No, no, that never works out that the more options you have, the less success you have. So that's why I love the title. Like, you know what? I got one option to be the best safety in the world. That doesn't mean the second best safety in the world. That doesn't mean (laughs) mediocre safety in the world. There's one. And and you know why I like it, Brian? Because I know where I stand. So as I'm climbing these ranks, trying to be the best safety, trying to be the best playwright or the best author or the best uh, stage performer, I know exactly where I stand. I know that I'm not number one. I like knowing I'm not number one so that I have an option. So I know where I'm headed. Mm. That's the only option. Everyone else is like, oh, yeah, you know what? If my if my if me being the best doesn't work out, I can always take the silver medal. That'll be fine. No, that's actually not fine. I've never and your wife will attest to this. I know she will. If, and I'll change my training, Brian, I'll change the title of my book if you can prove to me that this is true. So no kid ever went to their parents when they were seven or eight years old and said, mom, dad, my ultimate dream is to win the silver medal in the Olympics. (laughs) That that sentence has never been said, ever. No. Now, there's a lot of silver medalists that I know that I'm proud of, right? But sure. they didn't want the silver medal. Yeah. They were given it because they lost the gold, right? Yep, yep. But yep. we all want the best. So let's aim for that and mm-hmm. see if we get there so that now, by the end of our lives, we can measure ourselves mm. against something. And have
1: something to shoot for and something to grow for and something to strive for. And then, you know, I, and I think this is really the subtle underlying of your message and your book and, and of this interview that I'm getting today is your parents' friends. I'm sure they all meant well. But the truth of the matter is they were trying to break the fall. Don't get your hopes up, Bo. Don't get your hopes up, Tony. No one from the town of 720 people makes the NFL. No white guy becomes the best safety in the NFL, by the way. I've I've heard that phrase more than once. The fact of the matter is no football player turns around and does a Broadway show. I mean, what the heck, a one-man show? Are you kidding me? And now, oh, you know, no, no Broadway actor is going to teach corporate America how to actually define their story and tell their brand. The bottom line is the no plan B to me takes away all the excuse. It takes away all the feather in the nest. It actually does the opposite. Don't get your hopes up, honey. Those are the phrases of people because there is pain involved. There is hurt involved. I have a daughter who's on the U.S. equestrian team who wants to go to the Olympics, and she is grinding her life out, and she is doing her thing. And she's had horses die, and she's had concussions and injuries, and one thing after another. But we tell her every day, "You get your hopes up, you fight tooth and nail, you want to be on that podium. You don't want. She doesn't want to just go to the Olympics, like you said. She wants to win in the Olympics." And we're willing to go along with the hurt and the difficulty and the disappointments and the drop-offs that come with that. I have a poster in my office, a tapestry. It says, "The glory of God is the human person fully alive." And when you say, "I want to be the best," It's There is no plan B, and it gets down to a fact of, I want to be the best. I'm not trying to don't get your hopes up. I actually want to get my hopes up. I'm willing to take the pain, but I'm going to pursue this. And here you are. Here you are after having three spectacular careers, which is kind of wild, right? And each one came out of nowhere, and each one was built on belief and and declaration. The book is (laughs) terrific. It's got some great stuff. You and I, I feel like we could talk for hours. I mean, we're brothers from a different mother. I certainly am hoping to sign you up to uh, – I have a couple of gigs that uh, I think you would do very well at. I'm, just, I'm hoping you'll come and, and join our audiences for that. Folks, the book is There's No Plan B for Your A Game. Be the best in the world at what you do. This has been one of the best interviews I've had a chance to do, and we've had everybody on this show. But as we finish up here, we have five rapid-fire questions we give everybody. And I'd love to get your take on it and just uh, off the cuff, uh, mm. see what you have to say. Number one, what's the single best piece of advice you've ever gotten?
0: Um, wow. Do what you say you're going to do. Mm.
1: Where'd you get that? My dad. Yeah, good old dad. He <laughs> cast a big shadow. Papa Eason, good for you. Uh-huh. What one talent or gift do you wish you possessed that you currently don't?
0: Oh, man, I wish I could sing. Yeah,
1: I get a lot of that. Believe it or not, even Lou Holtz told me he wanted, people want to sing on stage or play a mu- instrument on stage. And, you know, ballers want to be musicians and musicians want to be ballers. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, what book has been most instrumental in your life?
0: Um, I would say The War of Art. Okay. The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield.
1: Yes, I, I actually have gotten that a couple of times here recently. That's powerful. Great book. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, this will be interesting. What movie do you watch over and over again? You're scrolling through the channels. Whenever it's on, you stop. Braveheart. Braveheart. That's, I just watched it two nights ago. Did you? Because I, I, I was in Scotland. I was in Scotland. I was over there for the British Open, and, and Scotland is thinking about doing the referendum. And I had a, a Scottish driver, and he goes, every time they want to go independent, they just play Braveheart around the clock. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: Oh, so good.
1: Last but not least, um, when you think about the good life, Bo, Eason, what, what does the good life mean to you?
0: Oh, man, family. Mm-hmm. Family. Like eating good food with your family, sitting around with your family. It's the best.
1: It is the best. It is the best. Yeah. Well, you're the best, man. It's just been a neat, neat conversation. We could go on for hours. I feel like I'm cutting this off short here. But that's okay, because folks can get the book, and hopefully we'll have you traips out to a couple of our bigger events. But I will say to you, I love how you think. I love how you approach it. I know it to be true. I know it to be true. I know it to be true in my own life. I know it to be true in the people I've studied and researched. And like you said, here's the four best quarterbacks in the world, and every one of them will tell you what they didn't have and who didn't believe in them. And the bottom line is it does get down to belief. It does get down to these declarations. It does get down to being able to tell your own story and embody it. And uh, it does get down to having no plan B. And uh if you want to be the best at what you do. yeah. So I, I congratulations on the book. It's a great book. I'm sure that was one of your declarations that you wanted to write a great book. And it is a great book. And it's, I've had a great time being with you today. Thanks, Brian. Bo Eason, thanks for being a guest on It's a Good Life and much continued success to you. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.